Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If y'all are enjoying your day, sweet, if not, what the hell ever. Saturday morning slam review once again now. October 27, 2012. We're getting into a bit of a Halloween theme here for this one. For a couple things, so let's kick into it. Match right off the bat, Brodus Clay versus Epico. And instead of Santino this time on commentary, you get the piss. Yeah, the Miz. So... You gotta remember something. Epico was a tag team champion earlier this year, and now he's going against this gigantic guy who at the point time of this recording is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So, this match, it was just pointless. I mean, Epico tried to waist lock from behind, but Brodus breaks the hold. He's grabbing his arms. And a few times, he's trying to take Epico dancing. Like, why? And then, like, you got Epico and Primo arguing on the outside. They're like, hey, I got a plan. Let's distract Brodus. So... Epico goes around the ring. Primo gets on the apron. He's trying to distract Brodus so that Epico can try to do a sneak attack. Brodus bumps Primo off the apron very easily. Epico's sneak attack failed. He gets dropped to the canvas. Running splash for Brodus. That's it. That fast for Brodus Clay to win the match. Oh, and a fun side note for this match. Brad Maddox would be the special guest referee for this encounter. And then the day after this pay-per-view, or this show, I believe, was Hell in a Cell, where he would screw over Ryback. Or should I say wetback or whatever nickname I gave him. So, pointless opener. Barely any action. Now, after this, from, when we come back from the break, we get a backstage promo from Kane from down in the boiler room where he talks to the audience to talk about monsters that have amused him over the years. So, we got four examples here. First of all, you got the boogeyman. The man who's all about the worms. Boom, 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 boom. Stay out of the closet. I mean, yeah, he was amusing, but he didn't do shit in WWE. You got Papa Shango, who I wouldn't really identify as a monster of any kind. I mean, he just wore face paint, and he's just like, Ooh, I can guess. Spooky spells. Then you got The Undertaker. Of course, I think you can count him as a monster, even if he didn't have the body form as a monster compared to somebody like the Great Holly or the Big Show or anything, but still a monstrous figure. And then, of course, he has to put himself over being the devil's favorite demon and summoning fire and scaring people and all that shit. I mean, of course, he's going to put himself at the top of his list. Now, the weird thing that we get here, because, again, like I said, this is a few days before Halloween. We get a backstage tutorial segment. Yes, a tutorial that should have just been saved for an eventual YouTube video where Caitlin wants to teach kids how to make their own special Halloween costume. And she wants to teach kids how to be a penguin. I mean, if you want an easy costume, just give them a white sheet with a hood and fucking cut some holes in there, okay? That'll save you some time. <laughs> so she got six steps here. First of all, for step one, get a black tank top, black pants, and orange soccer socks. Step two, you're going to need white feathers, fabric glue, black feathers, double-sided tape, and face paint. So here we go. Step three, you got to take that fabric glue and... Glue the white feathers all over your tank top. Make sure it's fabric glue, otherwise your mom's going to be pissed at what you did to your nice t your nice fucking black tank top there, eh? Step four. Tape the black... Use the double-sided tape to tape the black feathers onto your arms. And when they were showing a preview of this earlier, it almost looked like she was trying to make fur on her arms to try to look like a werewolf. Like, that would have been far more spooky. Step five. Draw an outline of a beak on your face. I mean, I don't know what item you're supposed to use to do that, because unless that's the quote-unquote face paint. But you're supposed to draw an outline of a beak on your face. And then six, color in the beak with orange face paint. What if I only have black? 
What do I do there? But anyway, she does it, and it's like the feathers, they work, but the face paint looks like shit. Okay, it looks like she ate pumpkin pie and just did not wash off her face. It looked... It looked bad. It just... Like, the penguin thing does not work. You're better off just making a fucking beak out of paper, coloring it orange, and then putting, like, holes on the side with the string around and putting over your face like that. That can work, kind of like you would with a mask nowadays during the pandemic. Anyhow... Now, to continue the Halloween theme, we got the third degree, where everybody's going to talk about their favorite Halloween costume. AJ Lee, I despise her answer, because she just says, any strong female character. I mean, didn't you dress like Chung Lee or whatever her name was from Street Fighter during, like, one of the photo shoots? Are you going to put, like, you can't try to claim Laura Croft because of the gigantic tits and the guns. You can't try to claim the Elastic Girl from The Incredibles, because I don't know if she would really count as strong. She's bendy, though. Uh, Alicia Fox, she says Pocahontas. Uh, unless you ask that dude Paint who made that song Happily Ever After, or I think it's either the first or the second one, I don't think you could really count that as a good character to really portray as because of her dark theme there. The Miz, he says that any kid should want to be The Miz. Okay, so you want a non-athletic hick that overstays his welcome. Ted DiBiase... Well, Junior, he says for four to five years in a row, he was a cowboy. Okay, so you took your father's early gimmick from early on in his career, and you had nothing else original to do. You could have just paid somebody to be, like, play the costume for you because you're the son of the million-dollar man. You could have taken the money to have somebody do trick-or-treating for you. That would have worked. Brodus Clay, for some reason, he says he loves being the two-person horse. Let me guess, he liked... I have a bad feeling he likes being in the front so that he can pass gas into somebody else's face. The next you know, the ass of the horse fucking runs off into the sunset. It, it's going to look as bad as that horse character that you had from that... It was that... Whatever that episode from Spongebob was where he was afraid of going outside and you had that gorilla that goes on the horse because the horse is like, let's get out of here and fucking runs away. It's going to look like that. And then R-Truth, he doesn't exactly say he says like a red character with an orange cape or a yellow cape, so I'm guessing means the Flash... So it's like, yeah, you idolize somebody who has no powers. And anytime you think of the word Flash, you think something perverted. Now you get to the main event. Antonio Cesaro, still having his first name, the United States champion going against Derek Bateman, the very guy who on television before he got released during his first time around would make these weird riddles or whatever to try to come off as some kind of cheap weirdo fuckboy. And to try to give him any resemblance of a character... They do something that I hate when WWE does this. When in doubt, just make them patriotic. Because this is one of the most overdone things ever. Like, you got, you did that later on with the whole We the People thing, even when Jack Swagger and Antonio, or Zip Culture turned babyface with being pro-America. You had that with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Like, when in doubt, just say, USA, because you don't know what else to do. And Bateman comes out of the ring with a fucking small American flag over his head. Like, yeah, USA, I'm patriotic. Who cares? That's what you give somebody when you have nothing original to give them. What, like, this guy's got no character. How can we try to make people like him? I'll just say he's proud of his country. Even though you fast forward 11 years, there's nothing to really be proud of with this country, to be honest, due to all the problems that this country is going through. But anyway... So the action's going on. It's got more action than what we saw in the earlier match. They tried running the ropes with the whole crisscross shit we've seen in a few episodes before. 
And on both occasions that they try this, they stop the action. Because Derek Bateman stops it first. He's like, trying to get the crowd chanting, USA! And the crowd doesn't give a fuck. Then Cesaro later on, he stops the action, trying to show support for fucking Switzerland or whatever the fuck. So they're trying some action. They get double nerf pinches that will make Savio Vega blush. Yes, I'm giving a wrestling bio reference there. And Cesaro rolls out of the one that's locked on him. He spreads his arms out. He's like, ta-da! Like, he can roll out of something, and then he gets shot kicked out of the ring. I mean, that whole ta-da thing was at least amusing. So you get back in the action. Cesaro's going on offense, trying to keep Bateman grounded. He gets a deadlift gut wrench suplex, which they're really trying to put over on Cesaro because it's like, hey, that's 240-plus pounds that he's lifting up. Bateman's trying to go for a comeback on Cesaro, can't put Cesaro away, and then Cesaro gets a big Cesaro swing on Bateman for, se- like, at least 10 seconds. But they mentioned on commentary earlier that Bateman ate nine raw eggs for breakfast, so how is he not puking? And then The Miz has the audacity on commentary to quote Vince McMahon from when he was talking about draws during the Beyond the Mac commentary. He says, he's gonna puke, he's gonna puke. Yeah, because I'm sure kids are going to understand that documentary right there. I mean, I don't know if anybody had uploaded it on YouTube at that time, or if kids had seen it before, but kids are not going to get that reference. So Cesaro tries charging at at the end of the match. Cesaro tries charging at Bateman. Bateman drops the rope, so Cesaro goes to the outside. Bateman's got to spin himself around a little bit to make himself undizzy. And my phone is ringing. One second. Oh, you just gotta love it when you're recording and your phone fucking goes off saying, Oh yeah, your internet provider has got a special offer for you. Fuck that. Anyway, as I was saying, Cesaro gets dumped to the outside. Bateman has to spin himself around to make himself undizzy. Gets a suicide dive because you got you can't say that. You gotta call it a tope after he shakes off the dizziness. Bateman gets on the top rope after Cesaro's back in the ring. He tries a crossbody, which you see in every Saturday morning slam show. Cesaro ducks, neutralizer, Cesaro wins. So I guess you can't send the viewers to whatever show was on next on Vortex. It was either Dragon Ball Z Kai or something like that. You can't send them to the next show happy. So yeah, I bet kids are pissed. Anyway, this... it Well, the opening match was awful. Like, hardly anything ever happened. The... Let's see what else happened, because I'm quickly drawing blanks there. The Kane promo, it was fine. Spooky. Like, Halloween. That Halloween t- t- costume tutorial by Kaylin, I hated it. It looked like shit outside of the feathers and everything like that. The third degree, weird costume choices. And then Cesaro Bateman, it was fine. But again, they didn't give people a reason to care about Bateman because all they did was say, hey, he loves America. Big whoop. You love a country that's going to go downhill. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. At least they didn't advertise anything ahead of time. So, I mean, we're really plowing through this. I think this is, what, like the 10th episode that I reviewed? So, we gotta get through all this shit more. But anyway, let me know all in the comment section below. What did you think about today's episode of Saturday Morning Slam? Like, my God. Ugh, I hate any episodes that have to be the- centered around a theme of a holiday. Because then you got people dressing up and shit. Oh, it's Halloween. We gotta dress up like costumes. Oh, it's the 4th of July. Let's put on green shit. Like, what next? Are you going to get ready for Valentine's Day and show somebody getting an arrow shoved up their ass? Oh, it's all about love! Because nothing says love like a fucking prostate exam with a fucking, up, with a fucking arrow. But anyway, if, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you did, subscribe with the bell turned on. And if, if you're watching this on YouTube, and leave a like. And follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other service that this podcast is available on. 
I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and every uh, goodbye. God, this episode is frustrating. Have a good day, everybody.